Welcome to episode 31 of the Employer Content Marketing Pod. This is part two of my chat with Stephen Brand, where we talk about talent communities. Stephen is talent attraction, marketing and experience lead at HSBC, and we'll talk about a few things in part two. We cover examples of organisations who are creating content worthy of talent communities, and how you can nurture people in your talent communities into hires, and also what the ROI of well-run talent communities looks like. Let's get on with the chat. Considering what Accenture, you know, Lime and the Morgan Stanley Gradfest are doing in terms of the, the variety of content they were doing, which is far beyond just the, you know, this is us as an organisation and, and this is why you should join us. Um, I really do think there's going to be like a, more demand on the content that comes after that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. So I think um I think uh historically we've probably we would sort of congratulate ourselves on having um won and done the event well with the number of signups and attendees that something like Accenture Live had. You would look at that and go, there you go, job done. And I think what we need to, and what I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure Accenture will do, um, what other organisations will do is, is challenge themselves. So actually, that's, that's just the start of it. What we've done is we have been interesting and engaging enough to capture interest, um, but we've also set a precedent for the kind of access and the kind of content that we offer to to this audience. And our challenge is how we can deliver that on an ongoing basis. So we can't do flagship events like Accenture Live um, on a recurring, uh, on anything like a sort of regular basis. So so then how do we maintain that relationship, that interest? How do we not let it slide away and, and just become sort of a memory and, and again, let the relationship um, ebb away? Um, how do we keep them close and build on that, that initial connection? So we made a real big effort to to create a, a strong bond, um, a strong and quick bond by putting this this event on. How do we maintain that? How do we build on it? What's our content strategy for that? Because that in a way is harder because we don't have a big bang flagship ticket to, to sort of hang it around. It has to be about um, our consistency, how we learn, what people engage with, how people like to consume content, the platforms they like it in, um, the format of it, all of those kind of things. So we have to really, you know, do the hard yards now. We've almost, we've, we've had the, we've had the, um, you know, we're talking about the rads, we've had the award ceremony, we've had our big sort of glitzy event. Now it's back to the day job and the, the sort of the consistency of delivering insightful content on an ongoing basis so mm -hmm. that you know, all of the goodwill we've built up with our big event isn't isn't lost, and we can convert that at a point later in time when when it's right, when we've got the right roles, when we when we need that audience to to take an action for us. So I think that's that's almost the mindset: is how do I, you know, if I'm if I don't have an existing database or an existing community, how can I generate? one from a standing start and and so the Accenture event and things are great ways to do that but then the hard work really starts in in terms of sort of building and, and continuing that relationship and I think what we're also seeing in Accenture Live is another good example I'm sure things like um, I think I've seen the Lloyd Goodfest and various other ones where there's an increasing focus on 
I guess societal issues being part of your your content planning and strategy. So yes, you have your your careers events and your your um, careers based sessions, but also you you're aware of your audience's concerns around mental health and well being and and those kind of things. So the the content um, of your event and then the the content the ongoing content strategy starts to broaden out its its pillars and its topics um, around not just what you as an organization are interested in and talking about but learning what is in the minds of the audience what do they need to hear from you what are the things that are keeping them awake at night and what are you doing about them which is again where it becomes reciprocal so it's not just your broadcast platform say here are the things we love shout about them but it's about what are you interested in what yeah what worries you what excites you what are you looking forward to what are you worried about and and how can we how can we help and support so you you kind of do all of that stuff you you learn all, all of that stuff and then you're providing something that's valuable on an ongoing basis people are looking out for the stuff that, that comes through um so i think that kind of um ongoing relationship is the you know it's like any relationship i'm not going to get into the cynical husband routine but any relationship it takes work and it's not always glamorous and exciting but it, it, it takes work um and i think that's kind of what we're talking about here is is sort of a you know building a relationship that will last um not something that's um that's just built around sort of big campaign interventions but something mm. that that really will stand the test of time and i think that um you know that that doesn't need a massive budget it just does require quite a lot of thought and quite a lot of your time to to get right i think yeah because the relationship with with a potential employer um can last the whole career can't it really think about it um whether it's someone who has applied um and decided not to take the offer or had applied got through the process and didn't get selected or even joined that organization but left the organization and might come back later on. It's a it's a it's a long relationship, so it's so it's worth yeah, it's worth putting the putting the groundwork in at the beginning. That's that's for sure. Um, yeah, um, exactly, exactly right, exactly. And yeah, boomerangs and alumni, all of these kind of things are just little things that that again, um, you can, I think, if 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 they already exist, if if an alumni strategy is already in place, because um obviously for a lot of organizations alumni are future customers and things um then i think it can be about how can i support what's already happening there because yes we're interested in those individuals either returning to us in in a professional capacity or you know they understand what it takes to work here and be successful here so as a source of referrals you know these people are gold mines so how can that be one of the messages we send and how do i fit in with with what else the company wants to talk to them about so then it's not so much again about having to own something but about having a conversation with the right person to just make mm. your messaging a part of that a part of that calendar a soft background part of that calendar so that you know careers referrals those kind of things are never out of their out of their minds but um yeah like you say it should be if you do a good if you do a good job and you offer a good experience when people work there then the relationship will always end positively you know even if it ends in you know it has to end in a, in a redundancy that that doesn't necessarily have to be a negative burn or bridges um mm. kind of experience there are ways to handle it and ways to to support people afterwards that 
that mean that if the opportunity arose to rejoin they would they would take it it's it can be it can be managed if it's managed with with some time and some thought and some care um then, then it can be done if it's automated you know and i'm i'm a member of a couple of alumni emails and they are ultimate you know, to a degree they look auto-generated there's no sort of personalization to them there might be every once in a while something interested in them but that that always feels more by accident than intent and and it never feels like it's really to me you feel like you're one on a mailing list i think if you can be a little bit more thoughtful about what job i used to do you know what age bracket i'm in what the circumstances am i leaving where you can be a bit more thoughtful around what i might like to receive therefore mm. and and that just keeps the relationship a little bit closer because i don't feel like i'm a stranger again um so i think it's yeah it's 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 managing that sort of stuff so it's this human sort of intelligence i think we we all have it's it's allowing ourselves the time to do it well i can imagine is, is the big challenge for a lot of people yeah the good thing is is that it's you're not starting from from zero because an organization you know organizations have so much so much knowledge you know and if you ask someone to talk about something you know about their particular area whether it's about the role they work in or the market they work in or you know the the applications they they screen you know there's a vast amount of knowledge that can you know that means you can tap into those stories of course but also all of that advice so you look at Kind of organizations that are having thousands of applications each year you know you think they would be in a good position to you know provide advice on on um on what traits are worth developing or you know when it comes to going to assessment centers or when it comes to you know that final stage interview you know how do you look at yourself and understand your your skills and abilities and most especially when you're looking at from an early careers perspective so i think that's the good thing is that it's there isn't a, a standing start, um, but as you say, it does require time to actually kind of plan that all out and I suppose eke out those bits of content, whether they exist already in need repurposing or or they just need, you know, tapping from the right people. Um, yeah, yeah, and definitely, you'll, you'll, definitely there. Yeah, you'll know that the difference between the difference you can see between a, a frequent, uh, frequently asked questions document that is effectively a word cut and pasted into a dot com page and somebody talking sort of to running through it to camera you know it's it, the content is the same the message is the same but but just taking the time to have a member of the recruitment team maybe walk through it share a couple of examples is, is a much more useful and insightful document just because it's likely to be reference more more often than a, a sort of static faqs that, that are easy to, to go past so it's again thinking about not have we done it yes we've got an faq but is it in a format that is useful and helpful for the audience we're, tr we're trying to reach so mm -hmm. if a lot of if a lot of our audience is on mobile would it be beneficial to have that faq in a different format because mm -hmm. it's easier to consume on that device rather than it's easier for me to produce it just as a written document so that's what i'm going to do you know we've mm. got to think a little bit more about inconveniencing ourselves if it conveniences the audience if you know if you want to be first choice if you want to be you know in, in a sea of, of sort of broadly similar job offers you want to be the one that they apply to first it'll be the little touches probably that are the things that, that that we're not not the not the big ticket things it'll be the little the little approaches you take the little extra care um, an extra thought you put into some of this stuff so again it's not 
creating from from scratch as you say it's it's just thinking always what you know what's 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 going to be most valuable for the audience what's going to be most useful for them can i can i deliver them something that's a bit more useful than, than what we have now making making that change and, and then learning and sometimes you get it right and sometimes you get it wrong and exactly. but but you'll learn and you and you'll move on and, and you'll get better and you know that's what we all that's what we all just try and do isn't it and that inconvenience you know is is something that just happens usually happens later on down the line inconvenience of having to having to screen x number of more applications inconvenience of of having to you know have someone join and actually then not being the right fit for that organization um, or vice versa and and then ending up leaving you know we know there's a the inconvenience further down the line is 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 um it's very costly isn't it um so if you can kind of bring that inconvenience further forward and with that thinking and with that you know thinking about the audience and creating that and creating that right content for them then you'd hope there will be for you what well, you would expect there to be um a big impact on on things further down the line because people are being put off joining an organization because they understand that actually it's not the right fit for them um, rather than finding that out when someone actually <laughs> joins the organization and lots of hours and, and money is spent on on getting to that stage yeah exactly and that's that's what a lot of the, the sort of recruitment marketing content should should be should be focused on on doing is not so much you know because it's you know it it's a really difficult thing to do in a in a job ad in a you know a piece of recruitment marketing to match somebody to a to a job and to bring that job to to life i think um it's it's far more um it's probably a far better use of of effort to to focus in that sort of in those broad channels and the broader audiences to to focus on the 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 type of organization the type of work the, the culture meet, meeting some of the people those kind of things um rather than into specific roles and the specific role matching and things can come a bit could come a bit later but absolutely the you know the the focus of of the work of, of recruitment marketing content marketing should be and the value to the business should be you know i'm not about delivering you more applications most most organizations get too many applications um you know and, and have to spend an awful lot of man hours and time disappointing people who have taken time to to apply um you know so so it's not that not enough applications come in too many do but they're kind of made um because um there isn't enough information for me to to not apply <laughs> i'm not i don't know enough to to know that this isn't right for me um so yes so our content marketing both external channels but also to the talent communities should be focused on you know what it really takes to, to work at the organization and that might mean you know you might have a significant number of people that are still perfectly happy swimming in your community and perfectly allowed to stay but who will never be right for the organization just won't be a fit for it at all but you know there's value for them and it doesn't hurt us for them to be there that's absolutely fine we take that i guess as a as a, a positive happy side effect um of of the work we're doing but yeah it shouldn't be about um trying to 
persuade and convince everybody that their home is with us because it isn't and that would be awful for everybody um it's it's about um giving people enough information for them to make an informed decision and then our value to the business is that we send them ten thousand applications not fifty thousand applications yeah, exactly. and so that's forty thousand people they we don't have to disappoint by saying sorry you've wasted your time that's x number of people that you know assessment centers and interview slots that we just don't need we still hire the same number of people we can be confident we're hiring people with the same capabilities and skills if not more so because we've given them more information about what they need but we just take out a lot of that probably hidden cost at the moment and that's where I think sometimes we, you know, as employer brand and marketing, you struggle to to demonstrate really what you're what you're saving or what you're producing. And I think if you can start to get at some of those hidden costs and show, you know, if the if the business can run ten percent fewer assessment centres, doesn't need you know don't need senior managers to attend quite so many interview slots because you're being um, that much more targeted and, and precise in your communications, which is reducing the number of applications, but the conversions are getting better. Then the man hours and the costs attached to those man hours would would very quickly rack up. Um, you know, and that's not about again, that's not about saying, well, then we wouldn't need as many recruiters because actually, what those recruiters could do, which is what I imagine recruiters want to do, is they talk to candidates and guide candidates through and it becomes a more human process almost by just as a happy accident of the fact that you don't have as many candidates coming into the pipeline at the start so if you can manage that down then the recruiters have got forty thousand fewer you know automatic emails to to sort out and they can actually spend some time getting to know the candidates so again it's one of those things that seems to to be a win all around and is quite easy to say and obviously more complicated to, to actually do. But I think if if that's kind of a philosophy and a, a guiding principle, then I think it helps you make decisions around where you want to focus your time and your effort, not so much again, your your budget, but you think about where do I want to spend my hours? Where do I want to spend my efforts? That I think will make the most difference to me and it will be interesting work but also make difference to the organization and i can show them the impact that i'm having because that will then start to release additional resources i'll be able to have easier conversations about budget and things if i can demonstrate that i'm moving the needle and if i'm not a cost out i'm actually sort of generating savings improving the experience making things life better for hiring managers and recruiters that's kind of where your where your happy place is because then everybody wants to talk to you and help mm. you and support you and want your ideas and stuff um so yeah there's almost a there's an almost limitless um amount of impact i think you can have in an organization if you if you do these this stuff well the trick as as you said earlier is is to find a way to start small and start quick and and show you know show what you can do and and then be able to give the organization an indication of what would happen if that kind of change were delivered at scale mm. you know so if in this little pocket i've affected this change imagine if that extrapolated across all of our early career programs or exactly. across all of our you know regional offices and that then i think is is kind of a, a the light bulb moment so it's it's very much a, a sort of pick your pilot or pick your focus area um and and, and go from there mm.
And I think, although this is more difficult to, to track, but ultimately, you know, it's, it's about me. So for example, my, the pod, this podcast is nearly a year old, which is awesome. Um, I can't believe the year's gone really quickly, but really slowly at the same time. It's very strange. But, um, but it's, um, I kind of started off with it, you know, by saying, started the podcast by saying that I looked at this you know, Gallup State of the Global Workforce Report um, and it's saying that 85% of employees aren't engaged or are actively disengaged, um, which equates to $7 trillion in lost productivity, which is just <laughs> immense. So ultimately, you know, I suppose it's certainly why I'm, I'm in doing what I do is, is, is about making sure that, you know, people do work in jobs that they enjoy and they're great at and therefore adding value because it's such a big part of our lives that, um, you know, you want to make sure you find the, you know, the, the right relationship going back to our previous relationship. So um, I think there is a deeper impact there, which is about productivity. Um, now, of course, tracking that. Yeah, is not straightforward. It's not. It's not the case of just a, <laughs> dropping, okay. a, dropping a tracking code somewhere. Yeah. But there is definitely a. That is an issue in terms of in terms of employee engagement and and lost productivity, which of course can be addressed when employees are there in the you know are there in the organisation, but can be helped by making sure the inconvenience and all the effort put up front is is is, is done as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly so. You know the, the 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 joy and the heartbreak of employer brand and what we do is you can you can claim that you've influenced an awful lot of things but claim a hundred percent of credit for virtually nothing because <laughs> there there will always be other influences on top of what you're doing um so a lot of what you can help effect might have happened anyway without you but probably less so certainly less quickly um so it's yeah the, the 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 challenge for us with the the reporting and I guess the metrics and things is that there is an element where I think it's likely to always be based on just a logic that says you know we're seeing um, at engagement rates or we're seeing people being ready for promotions sooner you know we're seeing these changes in our in our workforce mm -hmm. since we started x x y strategy over here now we can't like you say we can't track through and and prove beyond doubt that that you know x is causing y but but we run the philosophy and we run back through the business case and that was the challenge we set ourselves that was what we said we believed would happen if we were doing a good job over here if we were doing a good job to reduce application numbers but bring people in who were who had a deeper and more profound understanding of what it takes to work here, then we felt that over that 40, sort of 24 month period, we would start to see come through th trends like engagement rates going up. We'd start to see people being ready for promotion sooner because we're just being bringing in people who are more ready to be productive quicker. Mm. So we can't, the data won't necessarily prove it, but we can go back almost to our original predictions and our original objectives and say, we have done it and, and we're having the effect we thought we would. And, and, and I think we kind of will probably need leadership and, and stakeholders and budget holders that are satisfied that, you know, we predicted why would happen if we did X. Now, look, you've just shown me that Y is happening 
as and we're doing x so i think we have to take it on trust that x is definitely influencing the fact y is happening you might be doing other things it might not be the only factor but i think you can confidently say that i believe that x is influencing y because that's that's why we started it that was the objective when we set it out so so again maybe going back to the original bit around when you're building a business case or you're thinking about how do i how do i start being probably quite clear about what you expect to see um will be will be interesting and, and will be important for the business to see both in the short term because probably in the short term there are some more tactical um numbers you'll be wanting to you'll be expecting to hit and be able to show short-term impact but you should also put in there some of the longer-term ones to say you know i expect in time for example that um if we're doing x the performance of the company and that might be stock price it might be profit it might be whatever i expect that to tick upwards because if we've got better people doing a more engaged job we should make more money that's the logical endpoint. And so start to, you know, again, X can't take sole credit for whether the company makes more money or not. But I think you can say that one of the reasons we believe doing this over here is important is because it leads to this, which is better information, uh, you know, better understanding of our organization, which leads to this, which is when people are applying, it's people more likely to be successful because they know more because we've given them better information about their fit and what it takes to work here therefore those people will be more engaged because they're doing roles they understand better it's closer to what we've what they thought would happen it's closer to that environment because we've been very clear therefore they're more likely to stay they're more likely to be productive sooner therefore the logical end point is so the company is more successful and makes more money and, and you know who at the leadership table doesn't want to see that as a prediction so again it's you know there are any number of other market factors and global pandemics that can screw that but i think you know if you're if we're thinking about fundamentally why would we do you know why would we why do we say content marketing and and sort of marketing in segments to talent pools is important the end point is because we think the business will be more successful and will make more money as a result you know and that goes beyond our world and we can have our metrics for our world about engagement and applications and things but really you know the end point as you say it's all, all businesses are kind of built on the success of their people and mm. happier happier better connected people will make you more money um mm. i think that's i think that's pretty much an established economic fact so um yeah definitely don't be afraid to put that in put that in your business case you're right well thanks very much Stephen. it's been yeah it's been great chat um yeah enjoy the rest of your friday thanks for thanks we'll for spending do. spending some with with me chatting about right. this it's a really interesting topic and that's um, all right i'll climb down off my um i'll climb down off my many soap boxes now and <laughs> let you get back to your friday <laughs> cheers chris yeah thanks. it's good to talk really good to talk and um yeah, yeah hopefully do so again soon Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed what you heard, then please feel free to subscribe. And it would be awesome if you could leave a review as well. It really does help.